Hello, and welcome to Religious Rebels, a podcast where we push back on behavior-based religion, question Christianese concepts, and seek to find Jesus in the awkward middle way of grace and truth. I'm Christy Lynn Wood. Hey everyone, welcome back to Religious Rebels. I'm so excited to have you guys here today. So I'm going to be branching into kind of a new topic that I've never actually talked about on a podcast episode before. So that's kind of exciting. We are going to talk about Bill Gothard. We're going to talk about the things that he taught, kind of his core teachings. And we're going to talk about why does this matter to you and to evangelical Christianity across the board and to our nation and kind of the state of where we're at right now and just a lot of stuff like that. So you might think to yourself, I don't even know who Bill Gothard is. I have no idea what his Institute and Basic Life Principles is and why does this even matter to me? And while you may not have been personally touched by Bill Gothard or his teachings, if you have at all traveled within the evangelical Christian circle, I can guarantee you that you have come across people who were influenced. According to the IBLP website, they say at least 2.5 million people have attended his basic seminar. And I don't think that's probably a far off number. So we're going to talk about this. Like, what are the things that he taught in these basic seminars? Where did Bill Gothard come from? Who is this guy? And how did he influence so much of evangelical Christianity? And all these people actually that are pretty well known that are connected to his organization. You might be kind of surprised at people who have been a part of stuff that he's done and just the amount of influence they've had. I have felt like this forever, like for so long since I first started talking about my story and people have kind of questioned me or pushed back against some of this stuff. And it wasn't until I watched Shiny Happy People on Amazon Prime and I heard these other students saying similar things that I was like, I'm not crazy. He really was trying to take over the world. Like we were trying to have world dominion and try to influence the world and take it over. And that's how it's always felt to me. And so as I've learned these things, I've been like, hey, that seems really familiar. Do you think that was Bill Gothard? And then I'm like, am I crazy? I'm a conspiracy nut. Like, I don't want to be a conspiracy nut. And so, but as I look at some of the stuff and I see the just very broad influence that he had on culture, on Christian culture, on evangelical culture, and just even as I've seen the amount of influence he's had on people in my life um, who have hurt me in ways and like the things that they're still believing about his teachings, it's just really eye-opening. So we're going to answer those questions today. Who was Bill Gothard? What were his core teachings? How much did he influence the church, the evangelical church especially? And why does that matter for you and for me? So let's jump in. Bill Gothard. So he grew up in the Chicago area. His father was actually heavily involved in the Gideons, people who put Bibles in hotel rooms. Christian guy, Christian family, conservative. He graduated from Wheaton College in 1957, and he worked as a youth minister for the first few years of his life. He was really drawn to working with the troubled youth, inner city youth, and stuff like that. He started the Institute in Basic Youth Conflicts in 1974, and that was kind of his first organization and where he started this basic seminar. And his basic seminar had seven basic principles. You're going to start noticing some similarities here as I talk. Notice just the very bland, basic words that are used, like basic seminar, advanced seminar, 
And yet at the same time as I'm talking, you're going to start thinking, I don't know if she means the same thing that I think those words mean. This is true. Within the Institute, so many words were just tweaked a little bit. And so you felt like you were talking about the same thing as somebody else, but you weren't because your definition that you had in your head was completely different than the definition in Webster's Dictionary. So it wasn't like we just changed the definition because linguistically it made sense. We changed definitions because we were trying to achieve a purpose and it wasn't a good one. So the Institute in Basic Youth Conflicts was started in 1974 and he started doing these basic seminars where he promised that if you followed his seven basic principles that were found in scripture, that you would have blessings and success in your life. He believed that all of the problems in our life were narrowed down to like three basic problems. And I'll talk about that in a little bit. And that if you followed his formulas and his steps, that you could achieve success and blessings and have a good and perfect life. It's kind of prosperity gospel. So if it sounds familiar to you, it's because it is. It's a very similar kind of prosperity gospel thing, but you're not getting healthy, wealthy, and wise or whatever it is, but you are getting blessings and success from God. And you're almost having control over what happens to your life. You're getting almost control over God. And God is seen as kind of this distant, um, angry, judgmental God. Jesus was kind of ignored except for his Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 5, 6, and 7. Very heavily emphasized, especially in the homeschooling curriculum. And the Holy Spirit just kind of didn't exist. So God, or get you, Jesus had commands that you needed to follow. And the Holy Spirit was absent. Very interesting. So within the Institute and basically youth conflicts, there was some problems. And there's, you can go on to recoveringgrace.com if you're interested. Nope. Recoveringgrace.org if you're interested. And there's a whole, I mean, you can get lost in the rabbit trail of Gothard and IVLP and all that kind of stuff down there. They have well-documented things that went down within the IBYC. So basically, short version is Gothard's brother gets caught uh, sexually harassing and abusing women. And Gothard is somehow involved as well. The board gets involved and says, you need to like step down. So he steps down and then magically reappears a short time later and changes the name and it becomes the Institute in Basic Life Principles. So in 1989 is when the name change happens and somewhere between 74 and 89, there was all this sexual stuff that went down. ATI, which was the Advanced Training Institute, their homeschool program, was kind of birthed in 1984, but it was really and truly finished and ready to go by 1989 when IBLP had its new name. We joined in 1993, so it was still a pretty new thing. It was billed as a homeschooling curriculum. Um, it was really the inner circle of the whirlpool. So if you went to the basic seminar, and here's the thing, people went. People went from normal churches. My parents went as college students. They were taken by their campus minister, and people went to the basic seminar. If you ask your parents and grandparents, people who were adults in the 70s and 80s, many of them within the evangelical church went to these basic seminars. And so the basic seminar was kind of the outer edge of the whirlpool. And then you had the advanced seminar. And then on the next corner of that, there was other seminars. There was an anger seminar. There was a money business seminar, stuff like that. And as you got in farther and farther and farther, you would get to this ATI, the homeschool curriculum. But it wasn't just a curriculum. It was like this inner 
cult, this inner group. And you had to pay to be a part of it. You had to be approved to be a part of it. And then you had to use this special wisdom booklets as your homeschool curriculum and agree to follow a certain set of standards and rules. And once you were in, you were in. You weren't allowed to share the curriculum with anybody else who wasn't a part of ATI. You weren't allowed to really talk about it. You were just really encouraged to just kind of isolate yourself within other ATI families because you had the true wisdom. You had the true understanding of the world and you had this knowledge imparted to you by the wisdom booklets that would give you enough information and enough education to supposedly have a bachelor's degree in a bunch of other like science and supposedly health and business and all this stuff by the time you graduate from high school. This is all a lie, just so you know. So say you just show up at the basic seminar, right? With your group, with your church, whatever. You're like, I don't know what this is. What is this? You would have experienced being given this massive, thick notebook. I mean, big notebook. And you would sit down and after session, after session, after session, every evening, there was a break on Friday and then all day on Saturday, you would go to these sessions where you would be madly scribbling notes in the giant red notebook. If you were lucky, Mr. Gothard would actually be there in person. And then you would get to see a short man up on stage flipping those overhead projector tab things for you. If he was not there, you'd watch a video of Mr. Gothard sharing the basic seminar, and a young man from his organization would be up on stage flipping projector flaps. So you are scribbling madly. You have no time to process. You have no time to think about what this is, if it's even scriptural or biblical. And yet at the end of each point, there's going to be a little reference. But no one has time to look up that reference. It's just there. And you assume, oh, this must be from scripture. There's a scripture verse attached to it. And you would learn about design, God's design for you, and all these 10 unchangeables, things that you can't change about your life, and how God has created you for a purpose. All this is going to sound very true-ish, but it all was tweaked. It was all just a, just a little bit of a skewed away from straight and true. There was the principle of authority. Basically, there are authorities. They're in charge. If you're not an authority, you must submit to them at all costs. Umbrella of protection. You've probably seen this on Facebook. It's still out there. You have God as the head umbrella, and then the husband, and then the wife, and then the children under you. And everything is about authority, and about structure, and about obedience, and about following the rules. You had responsibility. Basically, we're all responsible for our own stuff, which is great, except for they twisted that with like sexual abuse and stuff like that. Oh, you were sexually abused? You're responsible. Really messed up. There was suffering. Um, how to suffer well. And yet, once again, that was really messed up. Oh, you're suffering. Oh, you're going through abuse and hard times. Aren't you blessed? Aren't this wonderful that God is trying to bless you with this suffering? You screwed up. We had ownership, the things that you were in charge of, the things that you should be just having responsibility for. Then there was freedom. Supposedly, if you followed the rules, you would have freedom. If you didn't have freedom in your life, it's because you were failing to follow these rules or dealing with these core issues, which we'll talk about. Then there was the principle of success. You want to have success. This is the things you must do to follow and get this success in your life. Everything was a formula based. It was all formulas. Five steps to this, three steps to that. And they were all listed with scripture verses next to them, but not written out. And if they were, it was like a tiny piece of scripture that made it sound right in the King James Version. Yes. So according to Gothard, if things were falling apart in your life, if you were experiencing problems, there was a three root problems, bitterness, greed, or moral impurity, which is kind of like a fancy way of saying sexual junk, I guess. They always called it moral impurity. 
And it was like they didn't really want to talk about sex, and yet they talked about sex all the time. It's really weird. If you look through their stuff, especially the wisdom booklets, you're like, wow, they're just back to sex again, aren't they? Really weird, guys. And yet when you understand who Bill Gothard is, you're like, this is all making sense now. So all of your problems are coming from one of these three root problems, bitterness, greed, moral impurity. All of your problems are your fault. You've done something to cause these problems. And underneath this three root problems, there were these root causes. Everything was so neatly packaged. It was just so neat. It was all these diagrams and all their just formulas. Once again, this is how it is. I can guarantee that I can tell you why things are happening the way they're happening. So if you were experiencing bitterness, greed, or moral impurity, it's probably because you were either A, resisting God's grace, which sounds kind of normal until you hear what definition of grace was, or you were violating the seven biblical principles. Oh my gosh. See, you don't follow the seven biblical principles and now you have problems. And because you have problems, they're all coming from bitterness, greed, and impurity, moral impurity. And that's because you're not following the seven biblical principles. It's it's circular reasoning. It's really, really strange. So resisting God's grace. God's grace, according to IBLP, is the desire and the power to do God's will. Now, if you know what true grace is, that is not grace. The desire and the power to do God's will. Okay. So basically, if I'm not doing the things, I must be resisting God's grace because he wants to give me the desire and the power to do his will. So once again, it's in me. It's my fault. I'm not doing the things that I should be doing. So I'm either resisting God's grace, as in resisting his desire and power to do his will, or I'm failing to follow the seven biblical principles. It's exhausting. Like when I think about this, when I was just doing a little research just for this podcast episode, I was like, ugh, this is so heavy. It's so hard. And as you're reading through the IBLP materials, it doesn't make sense. The English language that they use, you're like, I think they're saying something, but I'm not really sure what they're trying to say. Like at first glance, you're like, oh yeah, that's English. And those are sentences and that makes sense. But then as you're reading it, you're like, but, but what does this even say? Like, it's like word salad. What, what is this? That's how all the stuff was. That's how everything was. And it really just boiled down to this idea of we have these steps that you follow. And if you're having problems, you must have failed to follow the steps. Very formulaic, very controllable, very blamey. And when you learn more about who Gothard was and what he did, it makes sense that he chose those three root problems. Bitterness, greed, and moral impurity. The man was not healthy. There are so many young women who have come forward saying that they were harassed, touched, groomed by him. He was a predator. He was somebody who was getting away with all kinds of ridiculous stuff. He had all these rules for everyone around him, but he never followed them himself. He was a twisted and sick man. It's really and really disturbing. So everything within Gothard's stuff is mixed with enough Christianese that it makes it sound like it might be legit. And yet it is so twisted and so false that it's all dangerous, devastating, destructive, and abusive. And yet, your pastor might be influenced. Your college professor may be influenced. The leader of your camp might have been influenced. There are so many people who have the character sketchbooks on their bookshelves, 
And everyone's like, oh, what's that? Those are pretty pictures. Character sketches. It was a animal story and then a biblical story produced by IBLP with beautiful pictures. I mean, gorgeous pictures. People bought them for the pictures alone. And yet the stories and the definitions are twisted and wrong. And if you read them looking for the twisted wrongness, you'll see it. It's super messed up. Guess who helped to write them? Bill Gothard's sexually abusing brother. It's not okay. And yet I know people who have them on their bookshelves, who have found them on their parents' bookshelves, because it's everywhere. Gothard was so influential, and he crept these tentacles into mainstream evangelical Christianity, appearing to be Christian, appearing to be evangelical. And yet everything that he said and did was twisted just enough to be a lie, to be a lie. So this episode is getting a lot longer than I expected it to. So I'm going to cut it off here and we're going to have part two. So if you're interested in what I'm having to say right now about Gothard, about his teachings, and you want to know more about what this means for you and for your church and for your health and your spiritual health, let's pick it back up in part two. Okay, see you then.